1: If you're new to the first degree, a word of warning.
2: When we started the first degree, we were amateur podcasters, so apologies for any sound issues. They're really compelling stories,
3: but the sound definitely gets better around episode 15.
1: So, with that being said, turn down your lights,
3: turn up that anxiety, because this could happen to you. The first degree.
1: First degree.
2: First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree.
1: First degree. The first degree.
4: These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Another bloody package has been found.
0: Murdered, dismembered, and decapitated.
4: When I look in the mirror now, I just saw the little flaws just come out. Canada's most wanted man, Luca Rocco Magno- Eric
5: Newman, a.k.a. Luca Magnotic.
4: Yeah, everyone has to admit, though, if you are better looking, you are going to get more fans.
5: He's getting exactly what he wants, and he has already won.
2: Hey guys, welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter and next to Billy Jensen. And you guys, we're working hard. We're here after hours because this story is just too good. The best. I mean, the best, but the worst. Well, right. If you guys are true crime fans, you're going to know this name. You're going to know this story. But we've got. An amazing first-degree connection from it, and it is wild. Today's episode is about Luca Magnata. On May 24th, 2012, Luca Magnata killed and dismembered Lin Jun, who was a Chinese international student, and then he mailed parts of his body to elementary schools and political party headquarters. He uploaded a video of him doing this onto YouTube, and he fled the country, which launched one of the biggest international manhunts in modern-day history.
3: Not only do we have an amazing first-degree connection. Billy over here wrote an article for, for Rolling Stone. For
1: Rolling Stone, yes.
3: Humble brag. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal whatsoever. And um Billy, how how did you feel about this case overall? I mean,
1: the reason why I focused on this case and normally almost exclusively I focus on unsolved cases, this wasn't a unsolved case but the way that these citizen detectives went about tracking this man down while he was initially doing what he was doing which was terrorizing pets and yeah. posting it animals and posting it online and they were really ingenious in how they were able to track him down and find him, and were trying to explain to the authorities, they put together this whole dossier and tried to explain to authorities: this guy's going to kill someone. We need mm-hmm. to. We, we found him. We pr- have a good idea of where he is. You need to go arrest him. And the authorities did nothing. And then he ended up killing someone.
3: Well, and that's something obviously we see too over and over again with serial killers: just abuse towards animals first, and mutilation of animals, and
2: all that sort of stuff. So we're talking about kind of that theme and how that escalates into killing humans mm-hmm. and then we're also going to be talking about the whole social media aspect and the the reasoning why you'd upload something to YouTube or social media and almost to terrorize other people and what that does and how that interaction leads to different things exactly
3: and he uploaded it because he knew
2: that people had an appetite for it
3: Mm -hmm. and we if anyone's familiar with Luca Magnata if you're not yet people were posting reaction videos similarly to what they were doing in two girls one cup reaction videos is a little bit after my time but that's a thing and he knew uploading it he knew people would watch it he knew people would seek it out because people need to see this sort of stuff so we're going to Comments on that a lot too, with and the it, it, psychological implications of that.
1: and it also comes down to what his motivations were, which were at the, at the uh, face of it was he wanted to be famous mm-hmm. more than anything else. and we see that a lot with so many people now on the internet is that they want to be famous and he spent so many years of his life trying to build up his profile and his profiles on social media, creating sock puppet accounts, trying to talk about himself in the third person. And trying to get people to be, you know, trying to become a thing. And he really didn't have anything going on. And then he took this to the the
2: next level.
3: Luca's never going to make fetch happen. He's he's never
2: going to make fetch happen.
3: Anyways, so yeah and that, also he exhibits extreme narcissism which you've yeah. seen time and time again in psychopaths, sociopaths people who kill animals there's a, you know, obviously a triage a sociopathy component here he probably wets the bed
2: too mm. I'm sure he did I'm sure he did Let's talk about living your best life with your best hair with Madison Reed. With Madison Reed, you can get gorgeous salon-quality hair color delivered to your door for less than twenty-five bucks. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. And Madison Reed would like to honor our first-degree listeners with ten percent off plus free shipping on their first color kit with promo code First Degree. So we're going to start with, we'll give a little background on Luca. Or
3: so, blind, yeah, how Luca. how this diabolical person came to be. He was born on July 24th, 1982. And Luca Magnata's real name is actually Eric Clinton Kirk Newman.
2: Aka, um, like, the dorkiest
3: most dorky name white ever. kid name. And I understand why he changed it. But <laughs> anyways. But,
1: but do you know why he was named Eric, what he said? The reason why he was named no. Eric, is named after the actor Eric Roberts.
2: Uh, I don't even know who that is. Which I also read isn't true. Yeah, he I, that I, that probably up.
1: isn't true, but it's one of the things that he Wait, said. Wait, who's was Eric true. Roberts? It's Julie Roberts' brother. He was in the oh. of Greenwich Village. He's a very famous actor. Oh.
2: No, that's such a random, random reference out of every Eric there could
3: be. Mm -hmm. No, honestly, the things he does in this case remind me a lot of, I'm watching the assassination of Gianni Versace right now, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it reminds me of, um, Andrew Cunanan. Like they're very similar because he would make up all these things about his name to seem more prestigious and things like that. But anyways, so he was actually born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman in Scarborough, which is a community on the Eastern outskirts of Toronto. And his mother's name was Anna Yorkin and his father was Donald Newman. And he's the eldest of three kids, which is odd because I've never heard anything about his siblings. Oh, yeah. Um, But his parents split when he was young, and he later went to go live with his grandma, Phyllis, which is the most grandma name ever. (laughs) He moved through school, and at some point, um, his grandmother and grandfather also divorced. And he was homeschooled for a period of time... And in one of his blog posts, he wrote that it was because he was told the world is dirty and a dangerous place. For at least a few years, from 1998 to 2000, he does attend high school in Lindsay, which is a rural community in southeastern Ontario. And, you know, former teachers and classmates remember him for his vanity and his preoccupation with looks, uh, and he would change his hair very often. And I think we see that a lot throughout his progression. So after graduation in 2002, he started stripping at nightclubs all over Toronto, Then in 2003, he escalates and he films his first two porno films, both as straight men turned gay. He appeared in at least two other pornographic films the following year, including one where he appears as Jimmy, a name that he would also adopt while working as a male escort. Now, in 2004, Newman catches the attention of the Toronto police, and this is kind of his first encounter with law enforcement and so how old How old is he now? He is 20. Okay. So in 2004, he's 20, and he catches the attention of the police because he befriends a 24-year-old woman with the mental capacity of a child between the ages of 8 and 12. So he convinces this woman to apply for credit cards, and then he racks up $10,000 in unpaid bills. He's charged with fraud, and initially, police were talking about how he allegedly sexually assaulted this woman and videotaped it, but I guess there wasn't enough evidence to support it. So the crown actually dropped the charge before the case went to trial and his lawyer at the time, um, his name's Peter Scully now says that this decision not to charge him with a sexual assault changed the course of Newman's life immeasurably with huge ramifications to our society eventually. So who knows what could have happened if they had charged him with that, you know? Yeah. But do you think that would have stopped him? I don't know. I think that maybe some punishment at an early age could have right. attracted something. someone to offer help. I don't know. But, you know, at the time when he was initially going to be charged with this crime, his lawyer showed the court a medical report claiming that he had significant psychiatric issues. And this was back when he was 20. He ended up only being sentenced to nine months of community service and 12 months probation. And the sentencing justice who presided over this case said, quote, you have a medical problem and you need to always take medication. If you do not, your life is going to get messed up.
1: And that is the most chilling statement out of all of this.
3: <laughs> yeah. But boy, is that an understatement.
2: <laughs> Why is it ever.
1: Yeah, but he hits the nail on the head there with you always need to take your medication because yeah. that is something that came up in my reporting time and time again, as far as um, I I won't give, give it away, but um, when he's on his medication, he's, he's all
2: right. Mm -hmm. He is. Is this the first time that he's like seen a psychiatrist of any sort or Uh, we get, we get into some psychological
3: implications later on. Mm -hmm.
2: That I should probably know about. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, um, in 2005, He started using the name Jimmy, and he was a quote-unquote fab boy in the Toronto gay publication of Fab Magazine. And in an accompanying caption, Jimmy informed interested readers that his best attribute is his package. He says, I got a mean dick. Me and my buddies made a few videos. So he is just all over the porn video world. In Toronto. Making his own. Making his own way. So in 2006, he legally changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata. Did we ever figure out if there's any reference to that his name change?
1: Uh, I certainly didn't know. I mean, Rocco, I mean, it could have been a guy from Long Island for all we know.
2: Give him Rocco's modern life. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. too. That
3: was that was the era of that. Maybe I mean they get it in Canada.
2: I gotta give it to him. Luca Magnata is a good name. It's a great name. But now it's tainted obviously forever. So he changes his name in two thousand six. He files for bankruptcy in two thousand seven, citing illness, lack of employment, and insufficient income to pay off debts was his reasoning. After the bankruptcy, Luca's quest for fame kicked into high gear. The normal life was obviously not working for him and he wanted to live this like celebrity jet setting lifestyle. So so from then on, he actively started chasing his dreams of becoming famous. He appeared in two porn films, which we had talked about by 2003, and he started auditioning for all of these reality type of shows. The first one he auditioned for was called Cover Guy, and that's where 30 aspiring models compete for a big ol' thousand dollars and a fashion photo shoot and a front cover of About magazine. Like, that is the saddest prize anybody could ever have. Like, $1,000 gets you st- a few you grocery pay- shows. It, like after you pay taxes on it? yeah. Well, it's, you know
1: what? I'm pretty sure it's just Canadian, too.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's even, even worse. So, <laughs> so you get, like, $50 for all this work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in his interview, he tries to convince the casting directors that he can be anything that they want him to be. So anytime that they say anything about his body, like he's a little bit too thin, he's like, oh, no, no, no but I can gain weight really fast. Or I can change this about my, my appearance. Like, he always wants to appear perfect to the people that are looking at him. In his interview, he tells the casting directors that a lot of people tell me that i am devastatingly good looking and we're going to play some of that interview right now
4: hi my name is luca make not is my last name m-a-g-n-o-t-t-a
0: hi hey, luca how are you today good how are you thank so
4: thank right you right away you know this is an underwear conference so i going to ask you to this take off your shirt right away all right, definitely. John, how come i this voice is lower? Yours went lower.
0: <laughs> I have a
4: very deep voice. A lot of people tell me that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you do your the, voice so deep? How do I get my voice so deep? Practice makes perfect, right? You've got kind of a raffling vibe going on. Right? A lot of people tell me that. Like, they remind me of, like, 54, that uh, movie and know? you know. I think, you good. I think that, that your body is a
0: little bit slim.
4: I have no problem gaining weight, like I can gain weight if I need to gain weight. I think you look better in person in front of me than you look in
0: your modeling portfolio. Okay. I think your photos are overexposed and blown out. <laughs> I do. I think that they look very good. That's I think they look cool. hot. That's, that's what attracted me. I
4: think he looks better in the photo A lot of people, people tell me I'm really devastatingly good-looking, so, that, I mean, if it, well, I everyone has, that has that their personal good. point of view, like who who they like and who they don't like, basically. So the first thing that you think
1: of, if you've watched any movie ever, well, I actually scratch that. The, the first thing you think of, if you've, if you've watched a certain movie is Buffalo Bob in the I'd f- me tuck shot scene from silence of the lambs. Mm-hmm. He's got that voice.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, that's definitely the thing that struck me in that was, 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 was he trying, was he literally trying to be that guy? And was he uh, sending was I he sending was he sending almost an image I'm devastatingly good looking. Was he sending a clue that he was gonna be a very bad person in the future? <laughs> I don't think he was, but that's the things I that
3: can hate, go through your head. I mean it literally sounds like the a villain. thing that strikes me is when he says any goal I set my mind to, I surpass where it's like, no shit. You wanted fame. Mm-hmm. So, you know, except
2: for it took you a while but and an unfortunate
3: <laughs> series of events to accomplish
2: that. Literally every bad thing that could ever possibly happen ever. to get you a Wikipedia page. Exactly. Um, I mean, unsurprisingly he was not chosen. I think he got one. Yes. That I was actually surprised to hear Shocked. And there was a rest of pretty unanimous nose probably because they're all creeped out by him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so after, After Cover Guy, which I also, how did they even legally do Cover Guy? Probably some cover Canada girl. loophole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Doesn't sound legal. Okay. Um, okay, So then after he got a no from Cover Guy, I'm sure he was devastated and he went on to audition for another reality show called Plastic Makes Perfect where I believe that they were entering to win a free cosmetic surgery of some sort. So he was going in because he wanted to get a hair transplant and when he went in, he was just bragging about all of the different things that he's gotten done. He's gotten multiple hair transplants before. He's gotten a nose job and he was telling them how he wanted to get pec and arm implants so we're going to hear that clip now.
4: My name is Luca Magnata and I am 25.
0: So what is the surgery you're thinking about having done or the procedure?
4: Um, well it's going to be at the back of my uh, uh, head. Can
0: you tell me what it is you're having done?
4: Uh, it's a hair transplant. So basically uh, they, they cut open the back of my head and they take a strip of uh, flesh off i've had my nose done i've had uh, two hair transplants like i said before and I'm planning on doing muscle implants in my pecs and my arms, so. Do you
0: think you're
4: a bit of an addict? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name's Luca and I'm a cosmetic surgery addict. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say, to be to be blatantly honest, I, I think that I, I am because just the profession that I'm in, I need to um, step up my game basically and that's why I'm having all these procedures done
2: so I mean that everything about that freaks me out. He's the fact that he just describes in such gruesome detail, like every little small detail about getting a hair transplant. Like, I'm sure that's not what they're asking. Mm -mm. They're not asking how it's done and how gory it is. No, it's like he can't help himself.
3: He just loves it. He loves it. And he's so narcissistic and he's so obsessed with looks
2: that it's like you can tell how how he's perceived is just everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just such an interesting like juxtaposition of like his of his personality mm-hmm. and how he perceives things.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just, you can tell that this is, this is his entire goal right here. It's to be, it's to be pretty, but also to be famous. Um, And he, he thinks that the only way that he is going to be famous is by being pretty. Right. So that's where he is at this point. He's still in, it's almost like when you look at Charles Manson, when you look at Charles Manson, Charles Manson didn't want to be a cult leader. He wanted to be a rock star. So when he was going, trying to be a rock star, that's what his life was all about. And then when that wasn't happening fast enough, he looked around and said, none of these guys that are hanging around with me that are that are stealing stuff from me and giving me food and getting me drugs are not going to hang around and none of the girls are going to hang around either i've got to do something different and then he makes the switch into into some into the whole helter skelter realm this is what we're trying starting to see here mm-hmm. because his first idea for fame his first idea his first career goal is not working And he's going to go for something else. So
3: we have one final clip. Um, It was for a film this filmmaker was making, I think, on bisexuality. It never got made, I think, because Luca is in this and it's so controversial. But uh, here it goes.
4: Hi, how are you? My name's Luca and... uh, I don't live on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
2: that, that's what's <laughs> your <laughs> No, uh, no uh, Susan Vega. Oh,
4: My name yeah. is Luca. I live on the second floor. You know?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I live on the tenth floor.
2: Um, even though it's obviously self-obvious, but would you mention something about bisexuality in your intro to her?
4: Mentioned something about bisexuality.
2: Yeah, my name is
4: Luca. I'm, I'm, bisexual.
5: I'm a bisexual. I'm a bisexual. Okay, wait, wait.
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've had my own Still. personal experience in the past where I've uh, provided professionally uh, to uh, certain couples and uh, they've been very um, uh, repressed and they didn't know how to. You know go into the community and uh when i say professional i mean escort and uh there would be you know they wouldn't know what to uh uh they wouldn't know what to do so i would have to initiate it they would both be there and after mm-hmm. you know they would be very old and uh and they would be experimenting mm-hmm. and uh they'd, they'd be very scared mm-hmm. and i would have to you know go in there and uh show them like how to do things and, and, you know it was- sure.
1: So you can tell that the star quality is not quite there.
2: <laughs> no, not you natural, not naturally charismatic. Unless he's auditioning to be a villain in a movie, he
3: would do great. <laughs> yeah. He just oozes this weird anxiety. People people pleasing, weird. It's very but, like, odd. Not. Ugh. No. It's just creepy. He takes it all way too far and makes everyone uncomfortable. It's like, cool. You could say, my name's Luca and I'm bisexual. But then he has to go with escort for the old scared couple.
1: And it's just too much. <laughs> too much. So it, obviously he's not getting any jobs. He's trying to become famous by old media means. And he decides to focus his efforts now online. He, twice he creates a wikipedia page about himself and of course they get taken down because <laughs> wikipedia is very good at self-policing itself
2: amazing and um you know that's the biggest blow to him ever is to get his stupid wikipedia page taken down mm-hmm. it's like not again mm-hmm.
1: so he starts seeing the power of the internet and his trolling and he sees videos like two girls one cup which we will not play the audio <laughs> for uh start gaining viral uh, notoriety And, you know, I think something clicked in his head when he's thinking, well, none of the traditional outlets of Becoming Famous are working what would James Dean do or what would you know somebody 50 or 60 years ago do if social media was around and i'm going to take the um you know he's he was always very you could tell that he he wanted this he wanted to be famous very much and he wasn't just a guy sitting there he was working out he was getting a lot of uh of of um uh, fixes on himself and he was getting a lot of plastic surgery He wasn't just sitting there and he was trying to do all of this stuff and trying, sending in his his pictures and places, but it just wasn't working. So on December 21st, 2010, a video with the title One Boy, Two Kittens starts circulating around the internet. And the video was pretty horrific. And what it appeared to show was a figure in a dark green hoodie who is sort of petting these two tabby kittens and then puts them in a plastic bag, puts a vacuum onto the plastic bag, and then suffocates the two kittens. So in the background of this horrific clip, you hear people speaking in a foreign language. It might be Russian. And, you know, you, we, you have no idea what's going on. You don't even know if it's real or not. But it starts going across the web. People start seeing it. And a bunch of people start jumping into action, trying to figure out who this person is, where this person lives, and how they can stop him from killing anything else. And one of the people that did see it is Deanna. And Deanna, you had a different name back then. You had a body moving. That was your your right? floor. <laughs> I love it. And um, what did you? When did you first see the kitten video? And what were your <clears throat> thoughts?
5: Um, so it was, like, Christmas Eve, I believe, when I first saw the video of 2010. And I was just on Facebook at work, you know, and I just saw, I just saw like, this um, plea, from somebody I didn't even know, um, asking for help to identify somebody that was killing kittens in this video.
1: How did you guys work together, and what are some of the examples of the things that you identified within the scene to lead you to the fact that this is
5: Luca McNaughton? Okay. There's, you know, a video. And you dump it to images, okay? And you try to look for things that the person in the video can't control, can't modify, like um, outlets in a plug. In Europe, the outlets look different. When you're in North America, the outlooks look this way. So, you know, you try to narrow it down to, like, some sort of geographical location using those kind of clues. Once we start dumping everything out to, to images, we were able to finally kind of you know, get clearer pictures of things that were in the room. And a couple of the items that we were able to identify were, you know, there was like a, I think it was a Hoover vacuum. And we located that this Hoover vacuum was sold almost exclusively at Kmart. So we knew from that point it was, okay, this is probably a North American area. Okay, so we, you know, we can rule out Russia. We can rule out, you know, because this specific serial number, came in the specific color only and you know it's sold here and that's really it so we were we were okay so we were kind of finally convinced that this had happened in north america and meanwhile as this is all going on you know hundreds of people are joining this facebook group every day so you're getting all these new uh perspectives from people who maybe, and you know a new set of eyes is on this video
1: all these people start to all around the world they'd never met each other before they really jump into action and they start creating uh, Facebook pages and I get into more detail with this in the Rolling Stone story they, they create Facebook pages and they start um, looking for the kitty you know who is the person that 's killing the uh, you know justice for the the, the vacuum vacuum killing uh, kitten killer um, let 's get this guy. And uh, so you have this this group that is trying to first identify what's going on, and A, if it's real, and B, you know, how can we identify this person and bring them to justice?
3: And people care a lot about animals. They spring into action faster with animals <laughs> than, person.
1: than persons. They you know, they said that it, there's two things for that. And one of the things is uh, John Green, who was kind of um, her partner in crime solving, he said, you know, there's rule zero. Rule zero of the Internet is you don't mess with cats. It's true. And uh, that's certainly true, especially with this one. And then you know, it just all sort of came where right they're like, if, if this was another animal, I don't think it would have had that much of an outrage. As, dogs. As dogs, for a sure. dog. dogs Dogs, would have sure.
2: Was there anybody that thought that the video was fake? Or? Oh yeah. A
1: lot of people thought it was fake. Probably most people. Yeah. Some people saying, Oh, this isn't real. You saw the comments on that, but you know, it just looked
2: it just struck people. Probably. It, it
1: struck people. And you know you, you th- thinking about it going and you know obviously we started with Luca, you know that what, what this is going to turn out to uh, that he was the one behind the video but it's really really interesting what he's trying to do here. he's doing a stealth campaign mm-hmm. he's doing something to get himself famous but he's not coming out there and showing his face you can't see his face you have no idea who he is so he now over Christmas break and this ruined a lot of people's Christmases because they were just going on this for three weeks straight and it started on the the twenty first, um, in, in two thousand ten, just searching for who this guy was, and that's all they did. And their parents would be like, "All right," or their their family would be, you know, we're going to have Christmas dinner, and be like, "No, I'm searching to see what like, kind of no,
2: black, I got a clue, you no, know,
1: what kind of vacuum cleaner this is, or I'm trying to identify and and isolate the vocals in the background. Is it Russian or not? Is it from a TV show or not? That kind of thing.
0: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. It's almost
3: summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmermann, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000-plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply.
1: So the concept of the armchair detective, the online sleuths, is really on the rise. I started covering it. Uh, I did the Maura Murray case. I did this for Rolling Stone. Uh, I did a one about these citizen detectives that were able to find this group of. Affluent twenty-somethings um, uh, who attacked a gay couple in Philadelphia, and you know when it works, it really works and works really well. In fact, in that Philadelphia case, he said, "I'll take a thousand Twitter detectives over one detective uh, any day," and Damn. yeah, uh, which I'm sure didn't make him very popular <laughs> in the in the locker room. But he's a really cool guy, uh, you know. So you know, as long as the citizens do not attempt to be vigilantes, they stick to gathering the evidence and they don't publicly identify a suspect and that's a biggie. Don't identify the suspects just, and a lot of times you won't get, I've solved murders before that I haven't gotten credit for. It happens. You can't just, you know, you can sort of start to crow about it or whatever, but you can't be like, well, no, one's going to know that I solved this. Just be happy that you did it. And you get karma points for it because a lot of times, you know, listen, nobody wants to come in and have somebody come in and say, Hey, I just did your job for you. Right. Uh, the good detectives are really into it. And I work a lot with, um, with law enforcement and some of them are really into the, you know the sort of the stuff that I do to um to help them solve murder investigations and some of them don't want don't give you the time of day so you know the one thing that they always tell you is don't interfere in the investigation and information is always a one-way street. The cops are not going to tell you anything. Uh, they'll tell me stuff just because I've been doing it for so long and I'm also a journalist and, and when
2: you're like somewhat of a professional
1: and the journalist somewhat. Yeah. So, and the, you know, journalism has very strict code and the, that code is, is, is something that they at least respect if they don't necessarily, um, uh, like, but, uh, they're not going to tell you stuff. You're not going to, if you call in with a tip, they're not going to say, they're not going to give you another tip in return. It's not, not that way this was a real great example of people just getting together identifying somebody pleading with the police please we know this guy's going to kill somebody at some point and the police doing nothing
2: which has to be the most frustrating thing in the entire world because mm-hmm. it's like we have everything for you on a golden platter and you're still not doing anything about a it dossier which is my new favorite word i for know how many times it's been said so far because
5: <laughs> it
3: sounds like cavassier.
5: <laughs>
2: Okay.
5: (laughs) It does. I know it does. And then all of a sudden, we get a message from this this Facebook profile named Beverly Kent. And it says, the name of the the person in the kitten vacuumer you're looking for is Luca Magnata. He was born in Russia, and he lives in Los Angeles. And, you know, he's lived in several countries. My friend knows him, and the crime happened in Los Angeles. And we're like, okay, whatever. So we we Google Luca Magnata and boom, we we're like, oh my God, this is him.
3: This is him. Is Beverly, right? The person who right, messaged, so, is that Luca? Right. Was that himself? Of course.
5: Yeah. Of
3: course. Just, <laughs> just, just spelling now, it again, out. Again,
5: we didn't, we didn't know this at the time, you know, because I mean, we didn't have any idea who the hell Luca was. Right. And we were able to piece together You know, because he had all these photos of himself everywhere.
1: Can you talk about how did you put two and two together, you and John? How did you guys put two and two together that he was in Toronto and how you used the Google Street View?
2: When Beverly messaged you, didn't Mm -hmm. he say that he was in Los Angeles in the video? Right. He did. Right. We did have evidence of him being in New York.
1: But there was no evidence evidence of of him being in L.A.
5: Right. So when you take a picture and you upload it, to something that's not Facebook or Twitter. So you upload it to, like, um, a photo bucket account or MySpace at the time. You know, there's excess data on um, on these pictures. There's, you know, where, where you took the photo, like if your GPS is on, you know, what time and day you took the photo, the, the geolocation of the photo. And we, we found several pictures um, of Luca that were taken um, on November 17th in front of the James Farley post office building in New York City. So we found that. And then we found um, additional photos of him that were taken at the Toronto Eaton Center. You know, because, again, exit data. He, Luca didn't know about this stuff. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and back then, this is you know, eight years ago. A lot of people didn't know about this mm-hmm. stuff. This was all new, kind of new technology.
3: We went over the fact that... We now have his name at this point. And so he ratted himself out under a fake alias, gave his own name to the Citizen Sleuths. They Google his name, and what pops up is crazy. This crazy, self-indulgent treasure trove of, you know, pictures. Uh, It's Luca on a beach, Luca in a sports car, Luca in a limo, in a hot
5: tub, under the Eiffel Tower. And then his narcissism just unfolded in front of us. And it was just this craziness, like... We did not, he was so, he was everywhere, you know, he was in Russia and then on the same day he was in Boston and then, you know, according to like meetup groups and whatnot, he was in Miami, he had pictures of himself on the beach in, you know, Jamaica, all within the same week, he was everywhere. His hairstyles would vary,
3: but his chiseled jaw and high cheekbones and bright blue eyes remained pretty similar, probably because he's photoshopping his head onto (laughs) these
2: different scenes. Probably because it's literally the same picture photoshopped onto everywhere in the world.
3: You know, he was often shirtless. He'd be, like, pursing and pouting his lips, and... The sad part is he's generally alone in all of these photos. I mean, this is a sad lonely guy yeah. who is sad enough to kill animals and feel no pain and I mean he's a terrible sad man. So there's also a Luca Magnata video slideshow and he was posing in multiple outfits and it was set to new orders true faith. And what's interesting is there are also all these articles that seemed to be self-published, but they were on all of these um, user-generated sites and message boards, photo buckets, photo albums, things like that.
5: We were kind of just like researching him, trying to find out, you know, all that we could about him, but it was all made up bullshit on the internet that he had written about himself. Because he created all these accounts that are his fans, you know, and comments on all his YouTube videos and stuff. You know, one of the things that Luca was obsessed with was serial killers. Half of his YouTube videos were of the Moore's murder, um, you know, uh, Carla Hamalka, and he was obsessed with them. He was obsessed with them. So all this combination of things that we knew, I'm not a trained, you know, forensic psychologist or anything like that, but you don't have to be to know that, you know, this guy is on the path to destruction, and he's going to hurt somebody.
3: On one of these sites, there was an article titled Homolka Rumor Ruins Model's Life. Then there was a link to this interview that was done with the Toronto Sun with Luca Magnata, and he planted this rumor. He was obsessed with Carla Homolka, and he made well, these articles up about him dating Carla Homolka. Then yeah. he went to the media to, to straighten things out, to the stomp the rumor, to stomp the rumor because this rumor is ruining his modeling career, the rumor he created, but he was just trying to generate this buzz around him, right?
1: Yes, and the, the you know, what better way to become famous after he was trying the old ways to attach yourself and say that you're dating the most hated woman in Canada, which is Carla Homolka. Uh, the story of Carla Homolka, um, she was part of the Barbie Killers, um, her and her um, husband, Paul. um, They killed two teenagers, and they also raped and murdered her own sister, uh, Tammy, in the early 90s. That was definitely... um, If you want to become famous, and everybody... They eat up that news. Carla Homolka is like... Jody Arias times John Benet, you know, times, um, uh, who's that one in Florida that we see Casey some, Anthony. Uh, times Casey Anthony. She's a horrible, horrible person. And she was also, um, she's free. You know, she's, she's out there right now. They don't give the kind of uh, oh, wow. sentences that we have. So any,
3: she lives in the Bahamas yeah. with, I think she does one of the legal team, yeah. the lawyer of,
2: um, wait, are you talking about Casey Anthony? No, I'm talking about Carla Homolka. Oh,
1: so anything, she's, she's, any news of Carla Homolka, they eat it up. And so he thought what better way to become famous than to be like, I'm going to set the record straight. I'm not dating her. Uh, he got and,
3: some press from it. He got so some press working.
4: from it. Yeah. right. And did.
3: we uh, have a clip of that interview.
4: My mom's career is uh, kind of uh, going downhill, basically um, these days, to be honest with you. And, um, and it's all because of this whole rumor of you dating Carl Hamaka. That's This is the thing that's... The rumors destroyed my life, basically, and um, I've been receiving death threats. My address is posted. That's why I had to move. Uh, I want my Pomeranian back. It was taken out of my SUV. I'm about to have a nervous break. Don't here. My reputation is completely ruined. Um, I just uh, want everybody to set. I want to set the record straight that um, me and her have absolutely no connection. I go in to see casting directors. I go in to see agents. You know, they know who I am. You know, it's all over everywhere.
2: mean, he did a really bad job at seeming sad in that clip, I I have to say. (laughs) There was an excitement in his voice. Aside from making up this ridiculous rumor. He had created over 70 sock puppet Facebook accounts and over 20 websites about himself. Everything from, you know, fan accounts of Luca saying that Luca is like the Canadian king to tying him to what was it? River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody
1: said uh there was a um, is he related is he a cousin to River Phoenix, you know? <laughs> like he really, these are all coming out of his uh, out of his head, you know.
2: So uh, random.
1: Yeah, there was one about him getting arrested in New Mexico for trying to gain access to Area 51, which I'm sure spawned a, a ton of, you know, again, what's he was probably thinking in his head, what are things that people like to talk about on the Internet? Area 51 is one of them. There's right. a lot of conspiracy theories. Let me try to attach myself to that. So he's throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall, um, you know, trying to see what's going to stick.
2: I have to say... He thinks that he has no talent other than his good looks, but he could be a really good marketer, like an online marketer or like an SEO specialist because what he was doing was somehow like, working. No, yeah. it
1: definitely was working. And, and you know, Jack, as somebody that has a lot of followers on social media, you know that, that – a, trying to try. It's one thing to get those followers, and then it's another thing to actually mm-hmm. keep those. He was just trying to get them. He yeah. never really even got to a point where he was able to. Um
2: well, also uh, his know. followers were just his fake accounts. Well, there's that too. He probably had I mean, 69 followers of his one. Do you think he had like a booklet with all of his sock his puppet logins? accounts? Yeah. Like how do you remember them all? <laughs> and you know, they didn't have that like password saver thing on your computer. Like, oh, for- I can't even remember my one bank login. <laughs> I have to change the password every time I try to log in
3: because I can't remember That's it. What
2: I'm saying. Talent. He, he had a talent, talent for sure. No, he could have. He could
1: have. Honestly, he probably could have gotten, uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that he was doing with sock puppet. But accounts, he could have gotten a black hat job with SEO, or he could have gotten a traditional, you know, internet marketing job and made, you know, forty grand a year or something and, and would have been fine. But he
3: wouldn't have had to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. It's interesting. We all try to avoid trolls, and you as an internet <laughs> sensation Jacqueline, especially today in the flesh, uh, you,
2: there's nothing there is nothing we, worse than a troll. Nothing worse, but
3: he's trolling himself. That is self-loathing.
2: He is trolling himself. <laughs>
1: So at the same time as uh, while this group is is searching for him, so he knows he's got someone's attention. He hasn't, and his plan is working. He's he's being obsessed over by at least you know dozens of people out there and all across the country.
5: And we didn't know this at the time. You know, he's a very narcissistic person, so he would be releasing photos of himself um, on places like Four Chan and Seven Chan and things like that and taunting us, you know. Um, in fact in one of the threads he posted, you know, a picture of himself with his face blurred, you know, holding the kittens and, and whatnot. And, you know, he, he specifically tagged me in, in the thread. Oh so he was kind of like taunting kind of like taunting us, like, you know, catch me if you can, you know, you're never gonna figure it out. And he would he would also post pictures of his face unblurred. I think his general his general feeling was that he's so faint as we were going to know who he was. Nobody knew who the hell he was.
1: So he begins to post photos of himself, kind of further implicating himself and connecting himself uh, to the video. He's got a photo of him holding a cat on the bed, and he pixelates his face, and then he doesn't pixelate his face. Um, you know, he's sort of giving these breadcrumbs to, Ooh, to
3: breadcrumbs. What's a
0: breadcrumb? <laughs> Sounds fancy.
1: <laughs> he's giving these breadcrumbs to of clues uh, to terrorize um, these his his new followers, you know, his new fans. And maybe even not even to terrorize them, just to sort of just to to allure them, to get them more into um, into who he is so they'll discover it and then be like, oh my god, it's it's Luca Magnata, the famous you know, porn star. So, you know, using these Stock puppet accounts. They, he joins these Facebook groups and he's watching as these users are tossing out these new theories and dissecting every clue in his video. And he must have been loving it. And he, he, you know, he wanted more. You could tell he wanted more. So eventually, an internet article surfaces that claims that an anonymous tip resulted in the positive identification of a well-known bisexual porn star and model named Luca Magnata. that was the article headline, the copyright commonly known for drugs, wild parties, and gay clubs. His name is well-known in Canada and the northern United States regarding stories about him being involved with Carla Homolka, a hated serial killer. Luca, 25, lives in Montpellier, France, and travels frequently between his home in France and Toyota, Russia.
3: Definitely not made by Luca himself. No. (laughs) Couldn't
2: be. Couldn't be.
1: So, uh, you know, much of that information was wrong up there, but his name was now out in the open. He had finally put his name out in the open. And he actually was feeling the footsteps enough to meet with an attorney. So on January 12th, he he wrote to a Manhattan attorney named Romeo Salta. And it was sort of less denying his involvement in the video and more just sort of to to, I don't know, I don't even know why he did it, I took think it to just, cover his tracks.
3: There's kind like of. a, there's like a prestige to lawyering up.
5: So, okay. So we found out that he was in Toronto because, you know, Luca was very into himself and there were pictures of him all over the place, like all over the internet. And he had a picture of himself standing on a balcony at, you know, and, and in the distance you could see gas station. And it was a gas station that we had never heard of before. And I live on the West Coast, so, you know, gas stations are kind of regional. You know, like, I may have, like, a mobile Exxon gas station, and you might have, you know, a Rebel gas station that I don't, you know, I don't have. So we had never heard of this gas station, so we looked it up, and they're in, they're in, they're in Ontario. So we were able to look at all the gas stations in Ontario and pinpoint the exact intersection using Google Maps. Uh, because of like trees in the area, street lights in the area, things that you know. Again, Luca can't manipulate.
1: Right. So you were Can able. To, so you were able to go and using Google Street Maps. I think you found maybe nine or fifteen of oh. those gas stations. I think it was an Esso gas station in um, in right. the Toronto area. You went using Google Street View, and then you went to that lo- that location, and then just looked up and looked for that apartment building right. where he said he owned his condo and right. he was living the high life. And then I think maybe on the third or right. fourth one, I think he got
5: it. Right. Yeah, so and, I mean, you know, that's what we did for everything. There are other pictures of him standing at like Holiday Inn, you know, trying, and he was like pushing the press away. There was no press. He was, you know, oh my God. pushing the press away from the camp, dude. It was crazy. So now that right? you,
1: now like, that you have his, you have an address. <clears throat> what are you? What do you do with that information now? You have an address of somebody that so, you know was killing kittens. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
5: So we didn't know how old the address was, though. We didn't know, you know, if he lived there currently or if he, you know, lived somewhere else now. I mean, we didn't know. We just know it was it was posted on this day, and, you know, he says he's there. So, we, like I said, we created this document, kind of like this dossier about Luca, and put all of our facts and things that we weren't making up, things that we weren't um, guessing about, you know, facts. And in this dossier, we put it up the addresses that we had found, cause we had found a couple. And we sent it to the detective, you know, because he asked for it. So the detective can't find him, though. So he's not there. He's not there. He's not in their system. You know, he's not, uh, you know, and in my head, I'm thinking, you know, he's living on it. He's probably living on unemployment of some kind, on the dole of some kind. He's got to be somewhere in their system. But... He wasn't. He his current address was nowhere to be found. He was likely at the time living with John, you know, because he was kind of a prostitute, and I'm not disparaging that, but you know, he's kind of a prostitute, and so he never really had, you know, a Luca Mignata registered address. So they couldn't find him. They couldn't find him the whole time. So we were very frustrated. And a year went by, almost, you know, almost a full year went by, and they still couldn't find him. And we were still updating the police, like, when we would find something new.
1: How were you trying to impress upon the police in that dossier that this Mm -hmm. wasn't just about kittens, that this guy could actually kill somebody?
5: (laughs) Well, that didn't happen until after the second set of kittens. Okay, so... There were, there, were, there were three videos that he had released, and there was one in 2010 that I just told you about, and then there were two more in 2011. So once the 2011 videos appeared in November of two thousand so it was about a year later, 11 months later, um, Luca started engaging us more online with his you know, sock puppet accounts. And you could always tell it was Luca because he would always misspell the same word wrong, like, all the time. He could not spell properly the word properly. Mm -hmm. So, and 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 he used that word a lot. It was like a word. It was like his $10 word that he used. So, you could always tell it was Luca. So... In one of the, the exchanges that we had with him on Live Week, the video site, Live Week, he said, You know, you're going to put, you guys are going to push this guy to start killing humans.
1: I mean, you knew that this guy, and you're an animal lover, and obviously all these people that you've become. Friends with trying in this little, you know, sort of scooby gang are -hmm. animal lovers. Right. Were you, and this guy is killing kittens in in order to try to get famous. Were you also treating him with kid gloves because you didn't want to push him over the edge into killing a human being?
5: 100%. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it was always in our head. I mean, all of us are animal lovers, but we're not like, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not, you know, so into it that. I can't see the human side of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was infuriated by what he was doing to his kittens. I mean, it was livid, but at the same time, I knew what it could lead to. And that was more—that was really important to me because I knew the kind of behavior that he was exhibiting was going to lead him down the path of hurting people.
2: Okay, so let's pause for a second and talk about this animal abuse, because this isn't the only case that somebody has been torturing or killing cats or other animals that has possibly escalated to killing humans or is just an insane thing on its own. Right. So one of these cases that I looked up, or Alexis looked up... (laughs) I'm not going to take credit for it. <laughs> I'm the brains of this operation. Alexis just sent me the link like five minutes ago. Um, the Croydon cat killer. So that the Croydon cat killer, who they don't know who it is still, was a reported individual who has killed, dismembered and decapitated more than 400 cats across England. And this just started recently in 2014. And is still going on. They can't figure out. No,
1: it's they still are. going on. They've yeah. got as early as late August, a cat was mutilated and its head was placed in a neighbor's front garden. Oh.
2: Why do you think they why do you think it's more prevalent in cats rather than dogs? Oh, I'm sure it happens in dogs. It's just people get
3: really upset about dogs. This guy I mean, people like cats. Well, Sorry, people Kate, get upset about cats as
1: too. As Listen, as the, 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 rule zero. Dog. We've learned rule zero of the internet is don't mess with cats.
2: But why does the internet love cats so much? Because I feel like in general, people love dogs more than cats.
1: Listen, I'm a dog person, so I don't know, but I yes. I don't either. Yeah.
2: I'm a dog person. I also like cats, kittens especially. But I feel like cats are like the symbolic of, well, kittens are symbolic of just like pure innocence. No,
3: they use them in all these Easter calendars we saw growing up. Like, you know, the, the seasons Wait, what? Easter.
1: Now Easter's bunnies. No, those were bunnies. Like, and they had the
3: eggs and ducklings and like also bunnies. I don't know. What the hell Another were you? To be a puppy. But
1: the hell kind of calendars are you looking at?
2: <laughs> I don't really know what you're talking about either.
3: Whatever. My point is, is that people love dogs, and I feel like the the people who are gonna escalate to vicious crimes avoid dogs because they would be caught. They would be caught because people. I mean, well, in general, there's a seven sociopaths. Is that the name?
1: I don't know what that is.
3: Seven psychopaths.
1: Let's yes. Know. It's the, the guy movie? whose Shih Tzu yeah. was taken, mm-hmm. and
3: he like murdered a bunch of people to get it back. I mean, it's seven psychopaths, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: But <sighs> there are a lot more stray cats than stray dogs, also. Mm-hmm. So,
3: do you think these cats are strays? I don't know. They're, I mean, the ones in Magnata are kittens, so you got to go. He probably went to an adoption for like the sick. He is, yeah. And it was like handpicked. I'll take that but one I take and like that the one cutest kitty. But I think one of the most disturbing things is, is that he was like loving on them in the videos, cuddling no, with yeah. them, no, yeah, no, that's being sweet to them, and then doing that, which really is like he's such a provocateur because he's really trying to upset mm-hmm. people by being tender to the cat first and then doing such a
1: and that's the thing. same uh, uh, display that he delivers with the human right. subject yeah. as well. Uh, it's, it's like intimacy it's, first. It's this intimacy first, just sort of petting and then just kind of just being, and then going towards the murder. Right. And it's so disturbing. Also, the, the cordon cat killer, they said has killed 400 cats, 60 foxes, and up to 50 rabbits. Some of whom That's were taken funny, from so locked boxes. garden locked garden hutches. The rabbits? According to the Express. Oh, now the rabbits.
2: Oh, because she get had a the rabbit. rabbits?
1: From Lock Garden Hutch. Like, like rabbit, it's, it's rabbit in a hutch. named Darko. For Donnie
2: Darko. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, nice.
3: Yeah, he's a sicko. And these aren't just happening in England, obviously, too. We have one operating current day in Washington, Olympia, Washington. These are happening as as early as early September is the, is the most recent one. More than 12 cats their bodies have been totally mutilated and left in public places. And this is, they're taking this so seriously in Washington that they've assigned a 10-person task force to trying to figure out who this is because so many times they've seen these things escalate into more. And, I mean, 10-person task force, think about just the money that they have to pay these people. Like, they're taking this seriously because so many times we've seen this happen.
2: I mean, it's it's pretty... I mean, textbook for when you can actually find out who the person is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, finally, somebody is taking the initiative to try to figure this out before it turns into something like another Luca Magnata.
3: Right. Because so often they're like, well, we can't really do much until they escalate. And well, that's not preventative care. No, No, it certainly isn't. No. Well, that's our little side note. Let's get back into our Luca Magnata story.
1: So the fear that his that his violence, though, is going to escalate and eventually turn towards humans is sort of reaching this fever pitch. And we all know if you're listening to a true crime podcast, you know, that serial killers often start with animals and then they move on to humans. Um, it's very likely to happen, and this guy looked like a textbook case of, of, of what was going on, and we start seeing all of this evidence that he's going to get worse, and this is going to get worse, um, but the police just aren't really listening to the citizen detectives.
3: It escalates indeed, because um, December 12th, an email from someone calling himself John Kilbride, which, interestingly enough, is the name of one of the infamous Moore's victims, was sent to the British tabloid, the UK Sun, and it ended with... So I have to disappear for a while Until people quit bothering me But next time you hear from me It will be in a movie I am producing That will have some humans in it Not just pussies I will, however, send you a copy of the new video I'm going to be making Once you kill and taste blood, it's impossible to stop
5: This is not all in hindsight I mean, we saw this coming Right. So we went to the Montreal FECA And the Montreal Police Department and then two, two, three
3: months later, Jen dead. So clearly Luca Magnata is, has so much notoriety because he's a case study on sociopathy. And he's got the animal abuse. He's got the narcissism. He's got posting his handiwork on social media. There is so much to cover here.
2: I think we need to make this a two-parter. Or else, this is going to end up being a two hour episode. Yeah, we can't subject you guys to that. Okay, so next week we are going to finish the tale of Luca Magnata. Um, but before we go, um, if you guys have a first degree story, please write us at hello at the first degree or go to our website, thefirstdegreepodcast.com. Follow us on social media at the first degree, at Alexis Lingletter, at Billy Jensen, at Jack Fannick, and Remember to keep your friends close, but not that close. And don't post anything on YouTube.
1: Stay tuned.
3: Thanks, Ravina, for your music. <laughs>